boxed, ready for Saturday morning's Greyhound Racing Wrap. Across Victoria, RSN 927 is talking greyhounds. Here's Simone Fisher. And a very good morning and welcome to another edition of Talking Greyhounds Saturday, the 4th of August. The Nationals front and centre right across the country. I'm sure that will play a large part in today's show. Joining me is Simone Fisher. Simone, good morning. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks, Trent. And yourself? I'm going very well. It's uh, an exciting period in the world of greyhound racing. Uh, Who have you got on the show today? Well, today I'll be talking everything Nationals with Nationals guru Neil Brown, who's immersed himself in this uh, carnival concept for about five decades, and also Graham Jose as we reflect on Mantra Lad's Nationals win from 2008. What's been making news apart from the Nationals has been uh, there was a pretty big announcement earlier in the week. <laughs> sure was, and it wasn't from Victoria. How's that? Uh, GRNSW on Tuesday revealed Greyhound Racing's biggest secret in that they will now be hosting the world's richest greyhound race, the Million Dollar Chase. Uh, Trent, I'd like to have a bit of a discussion shortly about this with you. Uh, last Saturday night, we saw Dinah Patty follow in the steps of her super sire father, Fernando, ba- Fernando Bale, and claim the $100,000 in the maturity final. She was a favourite after drawing the red box for the second week in a row, running a 29 72. She had to work a little bit hard for it too, didn't she? Um, she did, yeah. She was favoured by the draws. She got the red, I think, three weeks in a row. Um, but she uh, she got that group one that she's richly deserved and she ran quite well in the the uh, the national heat as well on Thursday night at CNM Park. She did. So she gets into the state final mm. as well. So looking out for Dinah Patty again. So, of course, the heats of the National Distance and Sprint were held at CNN on Thursday night. And again, the Litter Brothers, Tornado Tears and Rip and Sam, Stole the show with their sensational heat wins. Uh, but Rip and Sam, though, he recorded the far th- far fifth <laughs> fastest time for the Lightwood Road Circuit in 41.32, whilst Tornado Tears had to work hard with a less than ideal run. We're not used to seeing Tornado mm. Tears win in the time of 42 dead. Um, but still, they both make it through to the state final. Poke the Bear, Big Flood, Lila Bale and Shada were all winners in their respective heats. Uh, Poke the Bear, a 29.30 winner, fastest of the heats there. So looking forward to next week's state final. Yeah, the the first couple of um, the sprint heats, Poke the Bear and Big Flood, probably went to script. But Lila Bale and Shadala a little bit of a surprise? Yeah, they were a little bit of a surprise. You would would have thought that Striker Light was definitely mm. going to win the way that she began. And um, Shardale, just a, a chasing machine for a greyhound that had nearly had his career finished early in the year so just um sweeping down the outside there and and too good so these are all good stories that make part of the the nationals as well no it's going to be a great uh, couple of state finals uh, next thursday night what else has been making news well fernando express who has forever been living in the shadow of his exceptional litter mates rip and sam and tornado tears he lowered the record at geelong last friday by a length over the 520 meters the record had been set at 29.58 four years ago by hostile but uh Fernando Express ran that twenty nine fifty one. Um, so what a sensational litter! Yeah, that's that's just incredible, isn't it? Um, yeah, phenomenal stuff. Uh, what else you got for us? Uh, GA Greyhounds Australasia are seeking input from participants about the new draft naming guidelines. Um, participants have up until August the fifteenth to put forward their suggestions, opinions, and it's um, to avoid some confusion in some instances around naming of greyhounds and greyhounds that shouldn't be named after famous horses, people, other dogs and the like. Um, Some of the confusion, we've just recently had dogs in our kennel, Moon Prince, spelt P-R-I-N-T-S, and Moon Prince, spelt P-R-I-N-C-E, which, you know, can be quite confusing if you're just talking about it um, and it's not the first time that's happened so names that are difficult to pronounce religious derogatory offensive etc 
you know, obviously can't be used um, from time to time. Trent, names do slip through, as I'm sure you're aware, across the codes. But recently we had Pistol Knight, um, who was then very quickly renamed to Sobered Up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so a few others. <laughs> I don't think I should mention them. But, um, yeah, when you start, when you talk them or say them, it's a little bit different to just reading them on paper. I know there's a few uh, gentlemen in the RSN 927 studios that will be pleased with this uh, announcement. Hopefully something comes of it. The race coordinators that have to put these names to where they can be challenging at times. So uh, we'll see what comes of that. Uh, let's uh, talk in detail more now about this million-dollar chase in New South Wales. Well, my initial thoughts, wow, what a great concept. Um, you know, really puts Greyhound Racing out there again in a very positive way. Um, considering New South Wales were going to be closing a couple, 18 months, two years ago, it's um, a massive turnaround, isn't mm, it? That sure all of is. a sudden at the government and the industry are putting forward this sort of state money. But I think it just really came from left of field, Trent. Um, there's a a lot of people taken by surprise and um, when you think that the Melbourne Cup's coming up soon and it's always been the world's richest race or in recent times, yep. 630,000 now, all of a sudden it's not the world's yeah. richest race anymore. Um, this is, it's like a secret that just mm. got dropped on everyone. And the timing perhaps a little bit, well, this maybe is, not well thought out. Uh, look, I don't want to be the killjoy or mm. or anything um, and be negative about it, but the semi-finals of this particular race fall on the same night as the semi-finals of the Adelaide Cup, um, and it's at a time where you've got preludes of the Melbourne Cup, you've got Geelong Cup yep. at that, um, you've got the Top Gun at the end of August. So I, I'm just curious as to how trainers are going to approach this with, you know, timing. And if there's a number of weeks in, but for the series goes quite some time, um, what do trainers do? Do they keep racing? Yeah. Do they? It's you know, if you've got a dog going into a one million dollar race, I mean, you'd be wrapping him in cotton wool for quite some time. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. And then the other question that has been put out there, and again, I'm not trying to be negative or a killjoy, is a greyhound race worth one million dollars? Yeah. Um, you're better off having four quarter of mm. a million dollar races. It, Look, it's all completely objective and um, people have got their opinions on this. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, look, I, I think it's really interesting and it's certainly going to be a watch this space and going to be interesting to see how it unfolds over the next couple of months. Similar sort of scenarios with um, in racing, I suppose, with races like the Everest and that sort of thing. Is it good for racing? Clashing with races such as the Caulfield Guineas and, and things like that. Some people have the opinion that the, the better races on the one night, doesn't matter where it is, it generates turnover and it's great for the code um that particular code others think that it should be one state or one particular race that has their moment in the sun so i can see both sides of the coin but uh yeah look i, I suppose if if anything it's a it's great that, that people are talking about this race and mm. that's one thing that the everest has done in gallops as well it's you know put it right and and um well and truly on the agenda and people are talking about it not only just in amongst the uh the people that talk to themselves a lot of the time so it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out yeah that's what i'm really interested in and I, I, the good news is that um and look it really does go without saying that the greyhounds that go through the series will be rehomed as we you know we are getting to a a rate now where every possible greyhound that can be rehomed is so i mean that does go without saying just because you win a million dollars doesn't mean that you suddenly have to be rehomed i think if any dog that w was going to win that sort of money it would become a stud dog a brood bitch um before it would come a pet anyway so um i mean that's that's great to hear as well but um i think it just goes without saying that all the greyhounds need to be thought about 
their career and of their future after their careers over, not just the million dollar greyhound. What's making news around the kennels? And when we're talking nationals, uh, we can't not mention the great Neil Brown, who has been involved in the nationals for about, is it five decades, Neil? Yeah, about that, uh, Simone. <laughs> I saw my first one back in uh, 68 at Sandown Park, a little bit from uh, Warnable called Princess Kerry, so it's been a long time. It sure has. Um, what is it about the nationals for you, Neil, that um, you really immerse yourself in it and you love keeping the records? Yeah, look, I, you know, I just uh, uh, was very always intrigued by it, and I, I like the concept of it. I, you know, there's always terrific parochialism amongst uh, the trainers. They, they love to represent their state, and I think uh, it goes without saying with most things. So to win it for your state uh, always had a special meaning about it, and I don't think the prize money's important or or the standard of the race even. I think it's all about uh, who's involved and. Uh, and the greyhounds representing their states, and uh, it's been a tremendous concept over a long time now. And I think we've seen that, haven't we? That um, it doesn't just have to be, perhaps Victorian or New South Wales dogs and more dominant states that are producing the winners. It, it does seem to go everywhere. Well, they're the most celebrated when uh, when some of the smaller states have won. Um, you know, there's no doubt about uh, the fact that they really get a kick out of winning. Uh, you know, the Queenslanders and the, the WA winners that I've seen and. Uh, yeah, we always have a nice continued um, get to the nationals from all all the states. So there's plenty of support, um, not only from the the, the, the uh, home state, but plenty of people get there because it's used as a, a really great uh, conference time. And uh, we have two or three days, and it's uh, very sociable. And uh, yeah, uh, plenty of support for the winner. What are some of your best memories, Neil? Is there any in particular that really stand out, or just a, oh, a number that? There's a couple that sort of stand out for different reasons, I suppose. I, I really uh, enjoyed um, very popular Greyhound Osties Joker, raced by Simon Barker, uh, looked perfectly suited to the Lord Seston 743 metres, and he duly won. Uh, he was a very popular dog here in Victoria. And I, 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 we're all at the Lord Seston um, uh, Casino there, so it's a little bit isolated, so it was terrific uh, two or three days. And Placard won the, the sprint. I got to meet uh, Terry Hill, he had some terrific uh, connections, uh, placard. He uh, raced by Terry Hill, uh, uh, the uh, terrific uh, rugby league player from New South Wales, but Ray and Ruth King were his trainer. And I think Terry got Jimmy Coleman, the great Jim Coleman, to look after the dog uh, in uh, Tassie for a couple of weeks before the final. So, uh, yeah, that was a memorable win. I always remember Classy Customer. I, I actually uh, was raced by Bob Douglas, uh, the president of the Benigo Club, and I talked Bob into coming into Perth, and he flew in on the Saturday, <laughs> and I, I remember watching the race uh, with him and uh, Classy Customer winning uh, for New South Wales, in actual fact, but raced by Bob uh, here in Victoria and uh, Bob's wife, Faye. So that was a memorable win, but there's been some great wins. Miata was a fantastic uh, It was a very wet, rain-affected um, night, uh, it, it, poured rainy rained horizontal there it was a twilight fixture and uh, she was fantastic bounced straight to the front and run a track record at hobart in 41 uh, 24 which she was one of our great champions so i suppose the distance ones have, have been most of my memory but you know but you think of flying amy at sandown park she was great in the frame one for david gleason uh, that was a, a memorable night for the committee people at sandown at albion park that night uh, for david and kate to scandal i go back to 1981 Case of Scandal made it 15 in a row for South Australia and uh, won the final at Olympic Park. 
much to Greg Miller's displeasure because he had picture of this in the final and still Ruth running into Kate's scandal in the final of that. The national sprint, uh, a great greyhound he raced in picture of this. Talking about years in a row, Neil, how many years in a row have you been to the nationals? Um, I've physically been going uh, to the nationals since about uh, 96. Um, I haven't missed a series since 1996. And I went to all the ones that were in Victoria, uh, that were stays in Victoria from that period on. So, you know, we had them at Olympic Park and uh, they rotated uh, with Sandown Park uh, over the years. But I started going interstate uh, in about 1996 uh, up at Albion Park for uh, Shane's Champion. I've been to each one of those since. So mm-hmm. it's great for Sandown to uh, host it again. We haven't had the event since 2007 when it was a it was an international event that time. Um, in 2007, we had people from all over the world came here for a, an international conference. We coincided with the Nationals. It was a, a terrific time in 2007. A bit chilly, got home really late uh, to win uh, the title for um, at Sandown Park for New South Wales that year. And, uh, yeah, so to host them this year, um, our team at Sandown have put a really big effort into um, what's going to go on uh, in the two or three days at the end of the month. So uh, really looking forward to that uh, and we're going to have some terrific racing, aren't we, some of the quality of dogs that are going to be involved. We sure are. So uh, Wentworth Park and Cannington have got their state heats tonight. We had Sandown state heats Thursday. We've already had Tasmania and also um, Adelaide, but um, some terrific runs. But how about the run of Rip and Sam? I mean, yeah. gee, you know, he, he showed what he used to do. Thursday night we, we, we stood and looked and... Now, 41.33, yes. only a couple of lengths, uh, two or three lengths outside the record. Uh, Tornado Tears had gone 42 even. Uh, it was a pretty blowy night. And, uh, yeah, he was phenomenal. We, we sort of, you know, you know what he can do. He just sort of joined in. You know, he, he's, his run-home time must have been phenomenal, probably as good as ever. But, uh, yeah, he was great. I thought just some tremendous sprint performances. Big flood uh, really uh, was up uh, at his very best uh, 29.58 coming off the eight box, drawn the red in the final, so he's probably going to be favourite, but it's a pretty even race. Uh, Poke the Bear Poke was the bear. Uh, yeah. yeah, 29.30, uh, very, very good run. He's, he's he's almost impossible to beat off the reds now. I think he's won seven from eight starts when he's drawn box one, and uh, he does like Sandown Park as well. So it's a really good final. You've got Dinah Patty and um, Orson Allen, the two stars from the maturity, have made it through to the final as well. And Shadar was a terrific run. He, he was. He tipped was. us all out of the quaddy out there <laughs> Thursday night with a barnstorming run home uh, for Jimmy Random back uh, in 29.51. was a really good run as well. So really looking forward to uh, next Thursday night's two finals and uh, just to see uh, who goes through to represent Victoria. And uh, I'm tipping we might uh, just start favouring those two uh, national finals as well, Simone. Oh, I think definitely I'm not in the parochial <laughs> tour, but <laughs> we're allowed to. This show airs in Victoria, so we can say that. But um, gee, the, the staying event—I mean, who wants to go the early crow? But um, look, it's going to be a sensational series. And Neil, really appreciate your time on radio this morning. I know you'll be covering it for the next couple of weeks here on RSN as well, and also for Sandown. Thanks for your time, Neil. Will do. Thanks, Simone. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. Simone, you got some fast times for us?
quite a few here, Trent. Um, Alpha Midas for Jeff Britton, a 22.26 at Geelong over the 400. Breakout for Graham Jones over the 4.85 at Horsham, ran 27.11. Dinah Paddy, of course, in the maturity, 29.72. Myra Dima, first start over the 5.95 at Sandown for David Gill, ran a 34.12. Alibar for Dawn Johnston, a, 30, a 25.53 at Warrigal over the 4.60. Equilibrium, a 6.60 win for Ian Garland in 37.95. A, a huge run there, won by almost eight lengths as well. Startron for Wayne Vasalo, a 21.93 over the 3.90 at Ballarat. And Ella Enchanted, a 34.10 over the 5.95 at Sandown for Brooke Ennis. It's the expert pick, Simone's Run of the Week. I've got a very good idea where you might be headed for the Run of the Week. Are you going to argue with me? No, I'm not. <laughs> Ripping Sam in the Nationals heat. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. And we're talking all things Nationals here this morning on Talking Greyhounds. And my next guest is Graham Jose, who trained the 2008 National Distance winner in Mantra Lad. Good morning, Graham. G'day, Simone. How are you? Oh, I'm good, thanks. It's hard to believe it's uh, been 10 years nearly that Mantra Lad took the, the honoured prize there. Yes, yeah, certainly. The time does fly. It certainly does. Does it bring back some memories for you? Oh, it does. It was uh, like he's just one in a million. Um, haven't had any other dogs even get close to what he uh, could do in his time. But, uh, yeah, it was. It's a, it's a good thrill and you sort of get uh, the hair stand up in the back of your head when you talk about him. The irony of his career, I guess, is the fact that he fell at his first start at Wentworth Park and went on to win two Group 1s there. Uh, what did you first think when after that first start he had? I, I was quite confident we could actually win the maiden series because it's a good series up there for young dogs. And uh, I sent him back up there and, and when he fell and slid and hit the outside fence, I thought, well, there goes, there's a, goes a real good dog that I had. But he's bounced back and uh, he just... Uh, improved leaps and bounds from then on. It didn't take you long to step him up over the longer trips, over the middle distance and then over the staying trips. Um, you obviously saw some strength in him early on. Oh, just his run homes. Um, Cranbourne is a good guide because it's a very hard 520 and if you can break nine on the run home when you're racing over 500, um, that gives you a good good idea that you, you probably could go, go more distance. When you put him around the Meadows, his first win there over the 7.25, and it was his first run there as well, he equaled the track record. What were you thinking then? I thought, geez, we've got a lot more improved because uh, when when I was getting him over the distance, he was cramping up you know, quite badly, and I was sort of in a bit of bother on, on how, to, how to fix that. And, uh, it took four or five goes before we, you know, we worked it all out, and... Yeah, I think he just got stronger and stronger as as the time went on. How many dogs were you training at the time, Graham, um, when uh, you had Mantra Lad? I was only doing three, actually. Right, so you could really invest a lot of time into him then, couldn't you? Yes, yes. He's just a, a gentleman of a dog. He's just, you, he, he actually did come in the house because he uh, ended up with cancer and passed away. But I bought him in the house and he was just like he'd been there all his life. So on to the Nationals. Um, it was only his seventh run over the staying trip. Um, how confident were you going into that series? Um, to be honest, I, I was quietly confident, but I had to, looking at the other the, um, the other races and heats, I thought I had to lead to win the race. And so I'd done something out of the ordinary that I would never do. And 
I kept him locked up, just emptied him in and out all week. And I thought, well, I'm going to have my early pace, but I'm just a little bit concerned on the last 50 metres. But he actually come out and led and actually got the line beautiful. So it was, um, you know, it, was, it worked out great for me. It did. He began very well that night and he held that good break for quite some time. But then you had the other Victorian Rebel Angel getting to within a length of you. What was going yeah. through your mind? Yeah, I was quite... I was, look, I was just so tickled pink when I seen his number come up and, um, you know, I got quite emotional about it because it was, you know, pretty hard and he had a few little issues leading up to it and it was just a, just a great, great win. And only by a neck too, so it would have, it yeah. would have been a bit of heart-and-mouth moment as well there. Oh, it certainly was. There was plenty of them. He went on to win the 2009 Sandown Cup, also the shootout, and then back up to Wentworth Park, the Association Cup. And like I said, the irony of having a fall at Wentworth Park and he, he won two Group 1s. He just was such a, an honest chaser and consistent for you, wasn't he? Oh, he was. He was, he was actually tremendous. And I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'd done the right things. I actually drove all the way up there, gave him a trial and give him a bite on the arm up there and then drove all the way home. And then uh, ended in there the following week and, you know, we, we got the results. So a lot of time and effort and a lot of driving, but uh, it, it, it worked out great for me. Sometimes it's those things that you just have to do and it does give you that edge. And if you're, you know, you're chasing that sort of money and you've got a dog of that class, you really need to dot all the I's and cross the T's, don't you? Well, look, you, you really got to tick every box. And when you have got a dog like this fella... Um, you have to go out of your way, otherwise there's no point. You might, I might as well give him to another trainer to train because you're doing the wrong thing by the dog by not giving him a look at the track and, and doing all the right things. And um, so, you know, the benefits were there for me because I actually done all the hard work and ticked all the boxes. He won 455000 or a little bit over that. I mean, 10 years ago, that was quite a lot of money too, quite a lot of money these days. Yeah, it is. I wish. Look, I wish I could get another one half as good as him. It's sensational. <laughs> yeah, well, you and me both. I think um, there's a few of us that would love to have a mantra lad. So the following year, Graham, he won the nationals in 2008. The following year, you had to scratch him out of the state final. Must have been very disappointing for you. Oh, look, it was. Um, he had a bit of a sore wrist, and um, he had a reaction to an injection inside the wrist capsule, which is. You know, they do them every day of the week and it was just a bit of soreness and it blew up. And, look, I could have ran the risk because I had to take him to the beach and got the swelling down and, you know, got stuck into it. But then the doubt was if I had to put him in the race, were he going to break down? And I didn't want to risk that with the dog. So the best thing for the dog was to pull him out. Yeah, and you went on to, like I say, win that other group one at Wentworth Park, the Association Cup. He was retired three starts later. Uh, what was the reason yeah. for his retirement? Uh, this is where the tragedy uh, really happened. Uh, we flew over to Perth and uh, it was that hot. Um, he was great off the, off the uh, plane and in from the trailer, which is only a 50-minute drive, um, it was all, you know, he had ice bags and that in there as well. I had three other dogs. And he's the only one that come out. He was peeing blood. and oh. It knocked him around. And we, we were thinking of retiring him before that anyway. And I, this was going to be his swan song. And, um, yeah, I just, look, I got blood tests done. and worked frantically. The blood tests come back. But I'll give him a little trial at Mandra leading up to it. And 
his trial was very average, even though his blood test said he was fine. Nice. Um, I, I just took from the vets that uh, he'd be okay, and that's why I left him in, and it was probably a bad decision that I made to, to keep him in. Right. Uh, the excitement of being there, um, probably knowing that I could win the race, and I have no hesitation. I, I probably may have won the race, but, you know, yeah, yeah. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, though, isn't it? It is, it is. And, look, it didn't really knock the dog around, but he just had nothing in the tank. I think he ran fourth in the race, but it wasn't the dog that we all knew. And we decided from that time that that was the best time to retire. And he had a a good career at stud after that. And is he still hanging around now, Graham? Look, he he passed away about five years ago. Right. Got a bit of cancer um, and passed away. But I've I've got quite... I've got about 30-odd straws... Uh, left, which I, I don't advertise anymore, but um, there might be an opportunity that you know, I've got some frozen semen available and I'm virtually willing to not give them away, but you know, sell them for you know, $500 each or whatever, just to hopefully someone can lock you to the magnificent chaser and you know, pure octane al fresco. The lines are just very strong, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I've got a few uh, straws left, but uh, yeah, he's uh, yeah. He was just one of them great dogs. We'd love to have another one. Yeah, I'm sure his legacy will live on too. Look, it's been wonderful talking to you and taking us for a trip down memory lane this morning, Graham. And um, let's hope you get another mantra lad in the future. Oh, I hope so. I really do. I won't be good left. Uh, uh, no stones unturned to try and get one that way. <laughs> We're all in the same boat. Thank you. Yeah. No worries. Thank you very much, mate. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. Okay, Simone, let's fly through this uh, final segment on our show. Last week's Dogs to Follow. Uh, I got it. It won again at Shepparton on Thursday night in a very quick 21-92, making it now seven wins from seven starts. And my Dog to Follow this week is Sniper Strike, who made it five wins from five starts on Wednesday at his first start at the Meadows in 29-95. He'd previously won all his four starts at Sandown with a 29-49 win also. Uh, your best bet. You've been seeing him well lately. you got one for us tonight. Uh, looking for a little bit of value here at the Meadows. Race six, number one, Blackjack Neo. He can be a little bit tardy early, but very strong. And a last start winner at the Meadows over the 5.25 in 30.02. Lovely. Uh, let's uh, keep an eye on Blackjack Neo off the red tonight. What's coming up? The Gap Adoption Day tomorrow at Warrigal. Heats of the Warrigal St. Ledger are Tuesday. State finals are the National Thursday. And then not far away, we have the Shepparton Cup Heats, Waterloo Cup and Cranbourne Puppy Classic. That is it for today's show, our jam-packed edition of Talking Greyhounds. Uh, thanks for coming in again, Simone, and uh, we'll see you next week. And like we always say, Trent... Keep those tails wagging. Now we'll take a quick break here on RSN 927. On the other side, Jason Bonington and Blake Redden from HRV are Talking Trots. We'll be uploading the best of today's Talking Greyhounds to rsn.net.au.